You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, delighted to be joined by the lucky charm of Axon, it's Laura Bradburn. Laura, I'm going to ask you to cover every final. We did it a year ago, it was Hearts, um, we left it late, went through penalties against uh, the Jambos. Today was a bit different, we've uh, spoken about the uh, the impact this this wee man has made at Celtic Park. Let's just have a wee chat about Kyogo Furuhashi as he goes over to the Celtic supporters um, he's engaging with them, he's getting the handshakes, he's getting the big hugs. This is an absolute hero. I'm not even going to say in the making, he's a Celtic icon already. Yeah, I mean, I think language on days like this can be um, hyperbolic at the, at the best of times. It can be, you know, your praise of somebody can be, can be overwrought. But, I mean, I said it to you at the height of the second goal, for the quality that he... He took those goals with, especially the second one, for the way that he for the way that he did it, the way that he's just a step ahead of other players at all times. 
He's got a long way to go before he's really up there with the Celtic greats of, of Larson and and, and and the like. But my goodness, in terms of ability alone, he's, he's about as good a Celtic player as I've ever seen. He's up there. I mean, uh, they're just showing us footage of a cardboard cutout by Bertie Old. And let's remember Bertie on today, the cup final between the two clubs uh, where he made a name for himself in Scottish football. Celtic and Hibs and you know that's the first trophy we were talking the first trophy under Ange Postacoglu we were talking about the transformation Laura I mean for, for us to go out there today and again dealing with adversity we spoke about this um, before the game Ange Postacoglu has dealt with adversity since day one at Celtic he comes in and he's got three of his star men his biggest assets on their way out um, he has got an injury list like you wouldn't believe. Uh, the turnover of players eventually was 12 in, 14 out. So we're actually two players down. And then the injury list continued all the way through uh, the, the, the first few months of the season. Yet, despite this, despite having one arm tied behind his back at, at all times, we're sitting here with the first trophy in the bag in December. An, an outstanding achievement. You know, I, I said this to you, as well, um, at the end of the match, when we won that Scottish Cup final to secure the quadruple treble, um, and it was, you know, it, it had lagged on a few months from the end of the previous season, I watched that game thinking, I wonder when we'll ever see Celtic win another trophy. Because by that point, we were already on, on the way down. We were already, you know, suffering from uh, the, the ill effects of some of the the issues that were going on at the club um, and the people that were still in charge and involved at the time. And I genuinely thought we were entering a phase where we potentially wouldn't see Celtic win silverware of any form for a number of years. And for anybody who says that's a ridiculous stance to take, you know, I'm old enough, you're old enough, there's lots of people watching this old enough to know that there is such a thing as a world in which Celtic don't win trophies. And I thought we were entering that. Ange Postacoglu came in, he didn't take any nonsense from anybody, but didn't get involved in anything that he didn't need to. He just got his head down, got to work about changing this team into the team that he wants. Does he have a long way to go? I think he probably believes he does. But my goodness, what a change he's made in the time he's been here already. It's incredible. Um, we're we're going to labour that fact uh, throughout this broadcast. But at this moment in time, Joe Hart is doing an interview and we can't, just speak about the absolute genius of Kyogo, which we will. We can't just talk about the leadership of Callum McGregor, uh, the will to win of every player on the park. We've got to highlight the performance of Joe Hart. Now, we were talking in the second half, Laura, about when you watch these games, um, it's completely different because you're taking notes, you're making observations, you're looking at talking points, discussion points for the, the post-match. And I says to you that I would need to go through all my books because I'm still a paper and pen man to figure out the amount of big saves that Joe Hart's made in his time at Celtic, in his short time at Celtic. And quite a few of them are followed up by big goals. Mm. Um, so he, he gives you that momentum. But that save, I think it was in the 95th minute of the League Cup final, was as big as a goal for Celtic, wasn't it? It, it really was. I mean, it's the last note that I made in the in, on the game which says everything that it needs to say. You know, without that save, we're not sitting on this broadcast yet. We're, we're probably entering extra time, at which point, you know, anything can happen with fatigue and with, with other things uh, going on. 
Joe Hart has come in and arguably with Furuhashi been probably one of our key signings. You know, you talked about the, the lineup that went into the cup final this time last year and it was Connor Hazard in goal. Mm-hmm. He was there because of a couple of good performances and partly because we didn't have somebody that called the, the number one shirt theirs uh, at the club at the time. Joe Hart has come in. He may not be wearing the number one, but he has certainly made the goalkeeper's jersey his own. He's one of these players who you now can't imagine us playing without. And, and you know, anybody is free to have a go at me and say I had plenty to say about Joe Hart when he came into the club. I certainly did. But my goodness, like, if, if there's a way in which I love Celtic players to act, it's to prove me wrong in the way that he's done because he has been absolutely phenomenal and he's he's really provided a solid basis upon which Ange can make the revolution that he's made at the club so far. See, when you look at the impact of Joe Hart uh, to this side, you can't, for a moment, look beyond the performance of someone like Cameron Carter-Vickers. He's not going to be man of the match today, right? He's not going to get all the plaudits, but he was solid. He was absolutely solid in front of Joe Hart. And we also spoke about the Starfelt question because as fans, you remember flashpoints, you, you remember moments um, in a game and there were a couple where Starfelt didn't do so well. But I think over the piece as a defence, I thought we'd done particularly well, dis, you know, despite the fact that we're still dealing with injuries in there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think with Starfelt specifically, you know, we've spoken about, his shortcomings and I've learned a lot listening to statistics guys like Alan Morrison who's been on the show you can you could come away from today thinking Starfelt's not had a very good game because he's had a couple of high profile incidents where he he fresh aired the ball and then kind of gets skint by Kevin Nisbet at one point he's, he's had a couple of slack passes but those were isolated incidents for the majority of the 90 minutes of the match he was as solid as Carter Vickers and you know they're they're building a partnership there that that is really, you know, again like Joe Hart providing a basis upon which we can build everything that we're playing. I'm just looking at uh, Callum McGregor, the captain, lifting aloft his first trophy as the captain is Celtic, and you know we knew that he had qualities, Laura, but there was a big discussion at the beginning of the season as to whether or not he was the man for the captain's role. He has proved anyone who had any doubts wrong, hasn't he? Absolutely. Like there was that there was that game, I can't remember which one it was, you might be able to remind me, but we we secured a really important victory, I think. I can't remember if it was in the cup or the league. And rather than rest on his laurels, he pulled the team together and sort of said, this is what's expected of a Celtic team. He did it on the pitch. He he motivated the players and he looked like the type of character that I had never seen from him before, but undoubtedly a Celtic captain. Does he do things the same way Scott Brown did them? I don't think so. I'm not sure that he's the same character that would be able to pull off some of the stuff that Scott Brown used to do. Does that make him any less an effective captain? I don't think so. He's he's being a captain by being a role model, to be absolutely honest. He is the epitome of what it takes to be a professional footballer. And he has proven that with the right attitude, with the right work rate, with the ability that you've got, that he has, uh, he's Celtic captain material, and you almost feel silly forever suggesting that he might not be. I remember some of these games when we were going through that spell of a quadruple treble and being at finals um, and you know, saying to people, you've really got to enjoy this because we are living history. 
you know what I mean? In 25 years, and 50 years, if you want to even say what Burns said, Tommy Burns said in the Centenary Cup final, they'll be talking about this in 100 years. You don't win quadruple trebles. It doesn't happen. And during that moment, probably because I had seen the years of no trophies whatsoever, Laura, I soaked it all up. I remember after the, the double treble uh, against Motherwell, well, Kevin Graham and I were standing in, in the main stand at Hamden. We couldn't get a ticket for that game. We had to go hospitality. We had to go corporate to get in. Uh, and I mentioned this during the week. Uh, it was worth it because we managed to meet Marvin Comper in one of the lounges, which was <laughs> an interesting experience. And after the game, once it you know it became clear that we had made history and we were in special, special times at that moment, I says to Kev, because we both got our first season tickets during the Hamden season, 94-95, I says to Kev, soak it up, mate. Where was your ticket? Where was your season? And we both pointed out where we sat back in those dark old days in 94-95. And I never, ever took it for granted. I never took winning trophies for granted, Laura. Um, and last season, watching what happened, and yeah, we do need to get over it. I think today is a massive step towards getting over what happened last season. We can put that behind us now. We absolutely can. It was because there was always that question mark with Postacoglu. You know, there's all the positives that he has brought to the team, the the way that he talks, the the style of football that he's producing for us, um, and the team's performances throughout the season. That's all great. But as long as there wasn't silverware in the in the trophy cabinet, you couldn't really say that that revolution that he produced has really had the effect you wanted it to have. We've now got a trophy-winning manager in Ange Postacoglu, and it's something I think he's going to build on. And you look at the you look at the attitudes of the players on the bench, uh, Mikey Johnson and Furuhashi and, and uh, Montgomery, I think it was, with their arms around each other waiting on the final whistle, the reaction of the players. They are all in this together, and that's something Postacoglu's brought upon them. You know, there's, it's very easy to turn around and say, well, the League Cup's the least valuable of the three domestic trophies. Yes, it is. But in this case, it was vital for us to win it to put us back in the way of winning trophies that we've been so used to over the years and like you say never something that should be taken for granted and certainly in these times where it seemed like they were going to uh, desert us for a while all the more sweet that they haven't done see the big thing i look at some countries let's let's take england for an example where their league cup is viewed differently than there and, uh, you know, often what you'll see is some of the teams playing lesser lesser squads. They maybe play a lot of young guys to give them some experience, Laura. I think it's different in Scotland. Yeah, it is. The th- of the three trophies domestically, it is the least of the three. However, to win it, it means you either have to beat Rangers or, or Rangers will get knocked out. And I remember somebody saying to me back in the day of the Glasgow Cup when that was a competitive prize, um, it generally meant that at some point in that run you had to beat Rangers, so it was an important trophy. And this is an important trophy. And I'll go back to the, the season when Vim Janssen took over for that one season, and it was quite clear what his plan was. The blueprint um, was in place the minute he brought uh, Larson in. But a big part of that season was winning the League Cup. So in in, in itself, it's, it's so important to win trophies and to win silverware. But we've seen that that, that became a bit of a springboard to further success that season. Do you think it's going to be the same this season? Well, I mean, winning is a habit, is, is a cliche that's thrown around in football, but cliches are cliches because they're they're based in some kind of truth. And I think that's the case here. You know, 
it's almost as though had we lost this game today, there would have been a situation where it would have been, well, Postacoglu's style of football is great and very entertaining and sometimes he can blow teams away, but can he do it when it's absolutely required, when the pressure is really on? He's proved today that he absolutely can. You know, Hibs were no pushovers today. Were they the strongest team we could have faced? Perhaps not, but they certainly put up a challenge, especially in the second half, and we proved we were better than it. You only have to look at when we conceded that first goal the response was immediate and it was like un like un what was it 14 seconds something like that mm-hmm. i was still i was still typing my reaction to the previous goal when when i heard your shout that Kyogo was throwing goals i looked up and there he was ready to go you know it was it was it was an unreal response the type of which actually i've found celtic teams in the past to be more uh more likely to be on the other end of than than to be the ones uh sort of taken that response so it was great to see and it just said everything about the attitude of the players and the team this season uh, on top of the, the 96th or 97th minute winner against Ross County we just look like a team who are not willing to be beaten at the moment and it's great to see Just while you were talking there uh, Kyogo was holding aloft the League Cup just as the Celtic fan base were singing you'll never walk alone and you could just tell that he was soaking up the moment. He's looking around the stadium. Uh, the League Cup was then passed on to Callum McGregor. And I'm looking at Callum McGregor. Um, we've spoken about this a few times as well. There's a player there, uh, Laura, who quite easily, you know, the sliding doors moments of Callum McGregor's career quite easily could have been lost to the depths of time. By the age of 21, he'd never kicked a ball for Celtic. He'd, he'd had a very successful spell out at Notts County. Other teams in England were interested in buying him. Carlisle made a bid. Um, and the, the transfer fell through eventually. Um, and here he is, captaining a club that he's been at since he was a wee boy. Um, he looks as though he's going to end up making 500-plus appearances for Celtic. And he is absolutely crucial because there's so many games where, again, you never consider him man of the match, but he puts in that solid performance, the consistency, the leadership qualities. And I'm looking at players like him, um, as well as those who have been rejuvenated. And, I'm, you know, virtually every single player in that team, you could go through it and say, well, it's the first trophy win for, for many of them. I'm looking at Tony Ralston, who I don't know if he was carrying a, a bit of an injury today, hence the reason he didn't start. But he comes on and does his job. And it's a real success story for guys like Ralston. And it might sound daft, but it's, it's a success story for somebody like McGregor. I know he's had loads of success, but he was almost written off, you know, at a young age. One of his contemporaries, of course, as a youth player at Celtic, was Andy Robertson, who was written off. He could have been in that bracket and, you know, he might not have gone on to have the success that he's now enjoying as Celtic's captain. Yeah, it it sparks a bit of concern in that, you know, two of the players that are from our youth system, Ralston and and McGregor, are there almost by accident and in spite of the best judgment of the club. What we need to do as a club is get to a position where we are identifying and holding on to that talent and that they don't end up in the team by by dint of these uh, sliding doors moments, like you say. You know, a player of Callum McGregor's quality should never have been considered for a, a move away to Carlisle and, and you thank your lucky stars that it never happened because, you know, he's been a vital part of... I, I hate to say this about Scott Brown because, you know... He's been a fantastic captain and servant for us, but only a player of Callum McGregor's quality could have ensured that the captaincy would be taken over so seamlessly and dealt with so professionally in a situation where a a captain of over a decade departs the club. So many times you see clubs struggle to replace a figure of of the stature of Scott Brown. 
and Callum McGregor has has come in and filled that void and more, and it's just amazing to see. When you look at that, when you think about the upheaval, we spoke earlier about Ange Postecoglou and having a an arm tied behind his back. Part of that upheaval was the heads of department leaving. You know, Scott Brown, your captain's left. You're, you're coming into it whilst your captain's away. He's obviously replacing a manager. The CEO's away. Seventy three days later, the second CEO's away as well. Uh, and he's not been replaced by a permanent CEO since then. But there was there seemed to be no doubt in Angie's mind that Callum McGregor would be the captain. And um, I think that there was a lack of leadership in terms of the playing squad at that point. When we now look at it, I can see a few more leaders coming through. I think that, you know, James Forrest is officially the vice captain. I don't think he's a, a natural captain. You've got a leader in Joe Hart. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You know, you've got a leader in, in Tony Ralston, Laura. You know, you could pin your, you could give him the cap band any any game um, of the week. I mean, Beaton, Beaton's becoming a bit of a leader. He's got that experience. Roderick in a different way, not in a kind of shouty way, but he has got leadership qualities where he's starting to take games by the scruff of the neck. That's something that we were very critical of Tommy Roderick previously. How impressed were you with his performance again today? It was, I mean, I, I spoke about him at halftime and about how he's, he's brought this physicality to the game that I've never seen him have before and how he's managed to, to get to a stage where, you know, these runs that he's making, these mazy runs are, are in a lot of ways... You know, yes, due down to his, his magnificent ball skills and his ability to control the ball, but there is much due to the fact that he can he can hold players off now and he can he can let them bounce off him, which for a time in his career he wasn't able to do. But just to go back to what you said there about you know McGregor, Ralston, um, Beaton, Rogic, the idea that you would have called uh, perhaps McGregor apart, the idea that you would have called any of these leaders a year ago is is unreal, and that is can only be down to, to Ange Postacoglu and his man management of these players. He's injected confidence back into them. He's injected a self-belief in them that means that it's easy to be a leader when you have the confidence to be one. The only reason these players weren't leading before was because they didn't believe enough in their own abilities. And if you don't believe in your own abilities, nobody else is going to either. So Ange Postacoglu coming in and telling Tom Rogic that he wants to build the team around him and, and, and play to his strengths putting Beaton back in his favoured position, mm. having faith in Ralston when a lot of people had lost it and saying to Callum McGregor, you are my captain going forward. That's four players, and I'm sure we could name many more, where he's done exactly what's been required and he's shown faith in them to prove themselves to him. And if you do that with players, they will give it back to you in, in spades. You've got the type of player that, that Cameron and Cat Vickers seems to be just rock solid, just continually mm. wins things in the air. Um, he, he never falls b- below that seven kind of standard, if you like, if you're giving Max out of 10 for performance. But you've also um, introduced in Jota and Kyogo a bit of absolute magic. We miss, we do miss Jota, there is no doubt about it. We'll probably speak a wee bit about Mikey Johnson um, and how that performance today 
um, kind of changes your view or otherwise of Mikey, you know, in the coming season. Jota is a big miss, but Kyogo, I mean, what a special, special talent. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I make that 16 goals for Celtic. But you also pointed out he scored 15 goals in the J-League before he came over. Yeah. So this season, if you're to look at his season's tally, he scored 31 goals. Yeah. That yeah. is astonishing. Now, but we're making big, um, but probably rash uh, guesses as to how many he could score this season for Celtic. And some were saying he could score 30. When you go into the new year with 16 or probably more than 15 goals, then you're going on with confidence to get 25 and 30. But his game isn't just about the goals. I know that his, his goals today are going to be, they're going to live long in the memory and they're going to be spoken about and quite rightly so. But his game is about so much more than that, Laura. It absolutely is. Like when he scored the first goal, I, I was laughing because I was saying to you that, you know, I, I just wrote the phrase caught napping down on, on, on my computer and it was like, He's one of those players that even if you think he's not having the impact in a match that you think that he could have, if you're the opposing players, you just can't sleep on him because he'll he'll pounce at any given moment. He's always watching. He's always aware. He's always looking for that opening, even when the defenders think they have them, they have him in their pocket. And he proved it again today. He's what what I think's amazing about him is. And I think Mikey Johnston in particular could learn a lot from this because Mikey Johnston, I know we're preempting a conversation, but Mikey Johnston created a lot of chances for himself today. He did the hard bit and it was the finishing, the composure to get the finish in or to get the assist in that let himself down. Mm -hmm. He needs to look at Kyogo and say, yes, Kyogo made the chance for him, but he also had the composure to put the finish in or to put the pass in. And that is the difference between a Kyogo-level player and a Mikey Johnston-level player. Mikey Johnston, if he had been able to finish today in the way that Kyogo does, he'd have been talking about a completely different performance. Kyogo proved himself today that it only takes one or two opportunities and he can get those goals because he has the class to finish them off. I mean, you said it yourself, that second goal... He wasn't even looking at the goal when he put it over the goalkeeper. It was remarkable. See, when you watch it back, right, there's probably a split second before or just as the ball's getting played where he looks at the goal, he looks at the position of the keeper and he does it in a, in a, in a moment, a millisecond, Laura, right? But after that, he's, his eyes do not leave the ball. And it's incredible to watch. He, he actually plays it over the goalie without looking at him. And uh, you've got a natural ability to do that. You can't, you can't teach somebody that. That um, knowledge exactly where that goal is. It's, it's incredible when you watch it back because he's on the move when he looks. So he's calculating his distance, the ball, the speed of the ball, the flight of the ball, where the goalkeeper might be going in terms of coming out and, and the distance. And so there is a natural ability there that I don't think you can teach. And that is kind of like the genius footballers, the iconic footballers will have that. And people will say, oh, you're overreacting. He's only playing in Scottish football. Well, I'll tell you, by the end of this season, there will be a lot of clubs looking at Kyogo because he is something special. And when you start comparing this player with that player, and I don't like doing it, you get criticised. I mean, I've <laughs> compared uh, Jota to David Ginola. I'm sticking by that, by the way. I've compared David Turnbull to Paul McStay, so we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there, you're right. But... He is a special player. That's that's what I'm saying. He's a special player. He's a talismanic player. Um, and you think of the, the great players that just took a team up a level in Celtic history. Yeah, Martin, he was a fantastic manager. He had 
a great team around about him in terms of the coaching. He had a great set of players. He had a Champions League winner in Paul Lambert. We know all this. But there's a there's a player in there who's the jewel in the crown, and that was Larson. And I think that there's players that can pull the, the entire side up. So you're talking about Mikey Johnson and what he might or might not achieve at Celtic. Surely when you've got someone like Kyogo and Jota working alongside you on the training pitch day in, day out, if you're not going to be a player after that experience, then... You know, maybe it is time for you to move on, but I still have a bit of hope for Mikey. After today, I absolutely do. I think he did about as much as he possibly could do. He just lacked the the, the end product. But that can come with confidence. It can come with time. It can come with practice. He can get there. You know, if, if he's got the brain to try the things that he's trying, then you've already won 90% of the battle. The last 10% is the ability to pull it off. The only difference between what he's doing today and what Kyogo is doing is Kyogo could think of all the things, so could Mikey. The difference was Mikey couldn't pull them off today. Kyogo could. If Mikey can get to the point where he's pulling off the things that are in his head, I think he could be a great player for us. That's... That's as far as he needs to go. And I say that having been very critical of him in recent weeks, having said things like, you know, I don't think he's got it. I don't think he can cut it as a Celtic footballer. He proved today that on a relatively large stage, he absolutely can. He just needs to find that end product. And I think he will find it. Like you say, you can only benefit from being around better players. And he certainly is around better players when you consider he's got Jota, he's got Kyogo, and he's got other players of that nature around him that he can learn from. Just another wee note, when he goes off, you know, and uh, we've got Owen Muffet coming on in the park for a, for a young kid from from Denny. Um, tremendous, and he never put a foot wrong. He was hardly on the park, to be fair, but great to see him and getting that experience under his belt as well. Red Scotland, let's get some comments coming in from the viewers. Red Scotland, the Celtic juggernaut is officially back on track. It does feel like it is, Laura, doesn't it? I mean, a win like that, the momentum it can give you, you look ahead to the rest of the season, people say the League Cup, for me, it's not a Diddy Cup. It's not a Mickey Mouse Cup. It's an important trophy, an important part of the season. And when you look at the fact that Ange Postecoglou has participated in one domestic competition and won it, you know that that should galvanise the the side. We then move into January, hopefully get a few more additions, much needed additions into the squad. If they're anywhere near the level of Kyogo, then we have won a watch. Um, also, we're, we're going to look at what Sean's saying. The staff felt agenda starting again. It wasn't his best game, but he played well in key periods. I think you made a good point off camera, and you've made it again, that I'm one of the fans that you remember flashpoints. You remember mm. particularly good bits and particularly bad bits of a player's performance. And I think when you're looking at that, it would be hard to turn a blind eye to some of the things Starfield did wrong. But over the piece, since he came back... Um, we rocky patch against Ross County on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think it helped that he got an elbow in the, in the nose. And then today, a couple of wee things that he did wrong. But are you concerned about him? I think it's one of these situations where you're in an unfortunate position if you play in central defence like Starfield does because your mistakes can cost you dearly, a lot more so than, than they can play, players in other positions. The mistakes he made could have cost them dearly today, but they didn't. On another day, if they had done, you'd be talking about Carl Starfelt costing us a trophy. What I think we just need to do is is get him to a situation where he's he's back to playing the confident way he was when he first came back from injury because I, I've no doubt that he's a good footballer and that he is a good defender. 
he just needs to iron out those split second decisions that he sometimes makes that, that puts him in danger and puts him under pressure because they are going to cost us. But like you say, like we talked about during the game, like I've mentioned since since full time, those particular incidents aside, I thought he was solid today. I thought I, I think if you focus too much on those those individual incidents, then you're doing him a disservice because I think he he, he restricted along with with CCV and with Scales and with Juranovic and with Ralston. They limited uh, they limited um, Hibs to very few chances, and that was one other thing I wanted to bring up as well. Just talking about defensively, we talked before the game about how Taylor and Johnston would defensively be weak uh, in the team, yeah. and that, that Martin Boyle in particular would be a, a problem. They negated his threat completely today. Martin Boyle did not have a good game for Hibs. He, he, you you would be hesitant to say that he didn't show up. I think he was dealt with and he was dealt with appropriately by, by Taylor and by Johnston. And as somebody who didn't think they were able to do that before the game started, I, I would be the first to say that they did absolutely what they needed to do against him. Yeah, they did. They did. And that, that was my biggest concern was down the left, the physicality or lack of, and the fact that Hibs potentially were at their strongest down the right-hand side. That was my big concern. Laura, but I think we dealt with it really, really well. It's always gotten to go behind, but it sparked Celtic into life when, when Hibs scored that that goal. And I think that when you're looking at that, we've spoken about the character of this Ange Postacoglu team um, and the amount of times we've won game over the last six weeks or so by 2-1 or 1-0. And this is another one. To be honest with you, I think that Celtic were the dominant team today. I, I didn't have much concerns in terms of being pinned back over prolonged periods of time. We deserved the win. Um, but we spoke at half time about uh, you know, the fact that there was big shouts uh, every time Hibs were going for um, a header or whatever. But the second half one took the biscuit from, from Stephen Craig. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to point this out, right? <laughs> and Hibs... Right when they hit the post, they actually hit the post as a result of this. Hibbs had a penalty shout, right? And Cregan shouted penalty. He's on the, the commentary, he's on the co commentary, and he shouts penalty because he wants it to be a penalty. And it wasn't a penalty, but it was Starfield again with Porteous. I think Porteous went down like a sack of spuds. Um, and you know, we, we've been very critical of the, the officials all season. I don't think today was any different. It was a, another poor game on, in that respect, wasn't it, overall? It, it really was, especially, I would say, I would say they had a better second half than first half, but that's perhaps more out of luck than judgment. There just weren't as many decisions that needed to be made in that nature. The first half, they certainly weren't as, as um, hard on the decisions and the physicality of Hibs as they should have been. Um, Hibs, whether they made a conscious decision to back off on it in the second half or whether they got tired, it just never happened. But as far as the penalty decision goes, I mean, John Beaton's not going to miss a chance to give Hibs a penalty against us if he can. So if he's not given a penalty, it's not a penalty. And as for Stephen Cragen, uh, you, you know, it's you can sort of understand, and I know it's only football, and it, in the grand scheme of things, this really doesn't matter. But, you know, you... you you watch Robbie Savage down south and you hear him sometimes uh, coming down on the side of Birmingham City or Leicester or Man United or any of the teams who he's played for. And it's done a little bit tongue-in-cheek because he used to play for those teams. Stephen Craig, to my knowledge, has never played for Hibs. Now, I'm willing to be stood corrected if that's not the case. But for a co-commentator 
to be shouting penalty like a football fan in the middle of a game where you're supposed to be acting professional and getting paid to be acting professional. I, I don't understand that approach. And if I'm the main commentator, if I'm Rory Hamilton in that situation, I'd be inclined to say, you know, you need to try and keep your composure here. Mm-hmm. You've got a, you've got a job to do. You're calling a sporting event. You're not a fan who's been paid for the privilege to be there. And whatever Stephen Cregan's uh, motivation behind making that penalty shout is, and, and I think we could all speculate as to what it is, he shouldn't be doing it. He's 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 a, there in a professional capacity yeah. and he should be acting that way. You know the big thing that it reminds me of? You know the Scotland games, when Ali McCoyst commentates on the Scotland games and yeah. you see a lot of people on Twitter because it's almost as if you're just listening to two guys watching the game. He shouts like that, doesn't he? Because he wants Scotland to get a goal or a free kick or a corner or whatever it might be. It was like that. But when it's a completely different scenario when it's not the country that you're you're actually commentating on. It's two teams where you have to be impartial. Um, and he certainly was not that. I just think I want to spend a moment just to talk about the the impact of Ange Postacoglu. He's come in and we have given him immense credit for his philosophy, uh, Laura, today. Uh, when required, we can change it up. I mean, the two goals were a thing of beauty, absolutely. Um, but if we need to grind out the results, we'll do that and not step away from the philosophy that he has or the principles, as he calls it. We've won a lot of games, 1-0, 2-1, games that in previous seasons would have ended in a draw. He's resurrected the careers of, I would suggest, near beat on Tony Ralston, Tommy Rogic, and even Joe Hart. Joe Hart, who I think was the third-choice goalkeeper at Spurs, and within a few months he coming under uh, the tutelage of Ange Postecoglou. He's got another bit of silverware in his cabinet. He's brought in potential icons in Kyogo, who was a match winner today, and also uh, Jota, who, let's not forget, we can look forward to him coming back in as well. But he's instilled a mentality that was missing last season. There is a belief, there's a will to win that I don't think we, we did see. We, we take it for granted that we should always see that as Celtic fans, but we didn't see it last year. And he has leaders in the pack that we didn't have before in Ralston Hart, James Forrest, of course, McGregor, maybe even Beaton, as we suggested before. He's overcome the, the adversity, multiple starters being injured throughout the season, and they still are injured and we lost three of our biggest assets in Ayer and Christie and Eduard. And you know what? He's also won over the fans. It wasn't that long ago that we were all gutted that the proposed move for Eddie Howe broke down and then all of a sudden Celtic announced that Ange Postacoglu is coming in. A lot of people wrote him off before he got started. Some people in Axom did exactly the same, Laura, but I think he's won over the fans at a time when the fans have been up in arms at the club. And obviously news earlier on today, um, I don't know what's going to happen with regards to that and the relationship between the board and the fan base. Uh, we shall see. But if there's one man who's galvanised Celtic, it's Ange Postecoglou. And today, he's won his first trophy in charge of the club. Well done to every single person who's involved in that. Uh, we have entered a new era, Laura, and we'll be there every single step of the way. Um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. 1,200 of you is live, uh, which is great because, you know, you're celebrating the game. You've maybe had a few sherbets during the game. <laughs> Go and enjoy the rest of your night. Um, this is how it feels to be Celtic. We all have a Celtic state of mind. We can disagree. Uh, we can debate. But really, we all want what's best for Celtic, Laura. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We'll see you again at 12.30. Thank you, Laura Bradburn, for joining us on a cup-winning Celtic state of mind. Thank you.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer their home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.